You are now listening to the Inner Circle Podcast Network. I don't know. Coming to you live from the Andrea Gale. There's a mighty fucking storm of brewing outside. Let's see how this goes. It's Bailey Highwood! Sitting across from me is Mikey Trudell. How's it going, man? How you doing? Doing really good. Um, so, yeah, we have, uh, we have another guest today. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we have a... Uh, he's not with us, but he's, he's on the phone, so he's kind of with us. Um, with us in spirit. Is it with... Yeah, sure. He's, um, he's a helicopter pilot. Um, he's actually one of the go-to helicopter stunt pilots in the whole film industry. He's worked on pretty much every action blockbuster movie you could possibly think of. He's worked with directors such as Michael Bay, James Gunn, Ridley Scott, Christopher Nolan, and many, many, many more, and has been all over the world. We have Fred North with us today. How's it going, Fred? Hi, guys. Thank you uh, for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. How have you been getting by with the coronavirus and everything? Well, I mean, you know, for me, it's, I mean, I had a, my last job was uh, a movie for Sony in Thailand, and I came back on March 22nd. So, oh, and I went straight to Hawaii to join my family here. And since then, you know, uh, it's been pretty good. I mean, in Hawaii, there's, I mean, in Kauai, where I am, the island, there's no cases. Really? So we, we've been surfing every day. Oh, that's case. amazing. No, you know, there's still, there. legally, we can go do uh, outdoor activities. So, yeah, so it's, it makes it a little bit easier. Are you able to, like, do any hikes and stuff around the area, too? The, the hiking trail were closed, but we could do any sport, but no hiking. They just reopened the, the trail last week. So now everything is kind of opened. Um, because it's been 30 days with no uh, cases. Oh, good, good. So did you have any trouble getting back from Thailand? Well, you know what? <clears throat> I, I thought I was going to have trouble because it's like 44 hours in planes. But in March 22nd, um, I was, when I, I left Thailand, I went through Taipei in Taiwan and then through L.A. and then L.A. back to Hawaii because I couldn't find any flight to go from oh, Asia man. directly to Hawaii because they shut it down. Yeah. But the, 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 the strange of it is nobody was checking anything uh, on the U.S. side. So in, in Asia, we had masks. They were checking my temperature, asking oh. questions. Wow. But when I got to L.A., it was if I was coming back from Texas. Nobody gave a shit. I went <laughs> straight off out of the airport. No questions, nothing. Then I went, I slept in my house in L.A. Then I took a flight the next day to go to Hawaii. No questions asked. I arrived in, uh, in uh, Lihui, in Kauai. No oh. question, nothing. So it was crazy. There was no, you know, checking of any kind. And this was in March? March 22nd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they still weren't wow. really taking things very seriously then. Yeah, I mean, now it's different. They, they, you have to be in quarantine now if you come to Hawaii for 14 days. Right. But, I mean, they were pretty, pretty late, you know. But anyway, it was all good. Yeah, you know? I, I guess that's not the worst place to be stuck in the world during this time. <laughs> no, um, no. So you uh, you have a lot of different titles, um, I've noticed, like kind of going through your IMDb and stuff. You have over 300 movie credits, pretty much. Can you explain exactly it is um, in de more detail, kind of is what you do on set? Uh, yeah, so my job, um, it's called like an aerial uh, stunt coordinator which um, the position is basically 
if a, a producer or a director or a studio have a movie, and in that movie they have aerials, uh, it could be a, a aircraft on camera or camera helicopter work off camera, which means we have a camera on the nose and we're filming the action, but we're not filmed. So it's both. So my job is to uh, give them a budget to begin with, uh, make work the sequence, uh, help them with the permits on the ground, and I take care of the permits with the FAA. I mean, basically put the package um, on a realistic way to work. And then um, when we start the show, then I will be the uh, pilot for the camera aircraft. That's 99% of what I do. And then I'll choose the, uh, the crew for the other aircraft, all the, the team and the equipment for the aerials. I will uh, take care of that for production. And that's basically what the job is. Okay, so you, you primarily, uh, most of the piloting work you do is stuff that, where the camera's actually mounted to the helicopter? Yes, correct. Yeah, so, but, but you also, you're saying that you kind of coordinate a lot of the actual stunt work and the stuff that's on camera, too. Yeah, but the, the stunt work, you have to understand, most of the stunt work is with the camera ship. Right, the right, right. The picture ship um, is, is very, it's narrowing down exactly what it does, uh, because it's always in connection with the camera, camera helicopter, because we're filming it. So I also fly the, 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 the picture ship if there's just a stunt, like uh, the last Bad Boys uh, for Life. There was, I don't know if you watched the movie, but there's a helicopter sequence in the third act. And I'm flying that ship because they wanted me to. If it's, if it's, an, it's a challenging and an advanced sequence, then I may fly it. It depends. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited for Bad Boys 3. I haven't seen it yet. Is you that should like watch it. It's, 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 it's funny. It's, it's a good movie. I think in the trail in the trailer wasn't there like a, with the helicopter sequence with like one of the like the ladders hanging off of the helicopter and stuff like that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the sequence way is more complicated than that. It's Will Smith is is running on a moving truck that is going to explode, and <laughs> the we we flying with the helicopter with a rope ladder and and he's supposed to jump on it when the explosion goes, and which he does. I mean, and the explosion goes off super close from us. I mean, feet from us. And and then so that's one piece of the sequence, and then the other piece was before that uh, event, the helicopter is coming against traffic at full speed at night. I mean, you should watch it. Yeah. And, uh, the traffic basically open up to let the helicopter fly between the cars at night. How long wow. does it? How long does it take to shoot one of these sequences, like that one in particular? Well, like this one. Like so, if it's a challenging stunt, we usually have two months of prep, but it's not everyday work. Like okay. I will go to the location uh, two or three times to, to uh, meet with the FAA, uh, explain that what we're gonna be doing, how we're gonna protecting the public, how we're gonna protect the crew, what we're gonna be, how we're gonna do it. And then I go back home, then prep the sequence, budget, blah, blah. So it's a two months period. And then before the show. Mm. Okay, that makes sense. Um, all right, so let's let's back it up a little bit. Before you got into the film industry, were you a helicopter pilot kind of on your own doing something else before that? So, yes. Yeah, so uh, I was uh, working for the TV. Uh, like, not, uh, like, I mean, I was in France. Uh, I'm, I'm French originally, and uh, I was in, based in Paris. 
and I was doing all the in France we have all those uh, rally races. It's like the Baja uh, race that you have in the U.S., but mm-hmm. it's all over the world, and we have a lot of those. So eight months out of the year, I was basically covering those events for the TV station back then. So filming, coordination, and the whole thing. So it was a little bit uh, easier. But I did, I did that for like 10 years, and then what happened is when you work for the TV, um, and it's not, I'm not criticizing anything. It's just the fact that when you're filming an event that is covered by you know, NBC, whatever, any, any TV station that want to cover this, the sport event, um, they don't really care too much the way you're going to shoot it. It's, it's more about they want to make sure you're going to capture the event happening. Right. Because yeah. that's what the audience are interested. When you work for the movie business, it's not about the event happening. It's the way you're going to film it. Right. It's a little bit more artistic. So, so creative, you know. So that's what, that's what I wanted to do, more like art a little bit, like be more involved in the creativity part, how we're going to shoot it, how we're going to transfer that emotions that to the audience, you know, yeah. uh, it's all that stuff. So that's why I, I went from the TV work to the movie world. Uh, how, how did you get started flying? Was it through, you just through yourself or so, did you military? Uh, yeah. Starting flying. So back then in France, uh, I mean, it's still the same situation today, but if you want to be a helicopter pilot, you basically have two choices. Uh, one, you sign off a contract with the Army, Navy, mm-hmm. Army, Air Force, right. whatever you want. But in, in France back then, you had to stand for 10 years. Oh, wow. Um, and, and for them to pay for your license, but uh, 10 years. And then if you do 10 years, at 15, you can get full pension. Ooh. So mm-hmm. basically, everybody in France were doing 15 years minimum, mm-hmm. which wow. is a big chunk of your working life. Yeah, yeah. So... So me, I was not too interested to do that. So I went to the civilian route, which is private schooling, do your training, find the money, and then and then hard to find a job. So I did tours and sightseeing at mm-hmm. the beginning, and uh, that's yeah. how I started. So then that kind of fed into the TV and news kind of stuff, and then you realized you wanted to get... So I'm, I'm guessing then that film stuff is kind of... I mean, it's a lot more artistic and everything, but I've I've kind of heard that stunt flying and like films can be one of the most dangerous jobs there is, just because you get a lot closer and you do kind of maneuvers that uh, put you in a little bit of dicey situations. Uh, would you agree with that? Yes, I mean, you, absolutely. You need to have experience, but. The thing with with me, the way my career uh, drove me to the movie business, it's I've done a lot, a lot of things before doing film work. So when I started the film business at 5,000 hours of helicopter, oh wow! Now mm-hmm. I have like 19,000. Just to give you a perspective on that, but but so what I did in those 5,000 hours, I've done medevac rescue operation, uh, firefighting. Um, a lot of crazy jobs, uh, day and night. So it, it, I, it, I, I kind of built up my uh, decision-making process because that's where the challenge can be. You need to know if you can do what they're asking you to do. Yeah. But how do you know? It's your guts telling you yes or no. Yeah. There's no yeah. books. There's no numbers. So that's that takes a little bit. So I was, you know, for me, those 5,000 hours basically gave me the confidence that I can make those decisions safely, 
and work for the uh, the movie industry, you know. Do you have directors a lot of times that, like, ask you to do things that you have to say no to? Like, how often do people give you, like, way too crazy of requests? Well, I mean, usually it's not really exactly like this. It's just to give you a sequence. Right. Uh, most of the directors, yes, they, they will ask for something, like, not stupid, but, like, out of the, you know, like you cannot do, but you have to, to translate what they're trying to tell you. Uh, if they say, you know, I need you to go under that bridge at night or whatever, and it's, there's almost no room to go through, yeah. you have to understand why is he asking you that? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. What's, what is in mind? What does he need for the show? Mm-hmm. So you have to do your homework. So the first thing I do when I work with a new director, I watch the five movies that he's done before that or the one that are known for that particular director. Right. Mm-hmm. I try to learn his... Um, style, how he moves the cameras, um, what is, is, is basically how he loves to, uh, to connect with the, the camera and what he's filming. So then I understand more when he's going to ask me a question, how I can help the guy achieve that. And sometimes, you know, you have to understand the director is going to ask you for something that is impossible to do, but it's, it's not like he wants you to do that. He's just trying to tell you what he wants, but he doesn't have the proper wording or yeah. technical words. Yeah. to explain that so you need to translate that and then say okay we you know it's going to be hard to do it that way because we we can physically you know go through but if you want we can go this way this this and that and then say the guy will jump on that and say okay great so then can you do this and then at the end you get a, a good um sequence yeah yeah, yeah that sounds it's... a lot like uh you know any department props anybody working with a director yeah just, I'm sure you've had to, <laughs> had to, Mikey, I'm sure you've had to be like, yeah, we can't do that, but this is what we can do. Well, of course. And I mean, the first, I've seen, I've actually firsthand um, got to watch you f- do flying. Um, I helped out doing props um, a few days on the reshoots of uh, Fast and Furious 9 um, down by the, uh, the, the raceway. And a couple of the shots that were downtown where you were kind of flying in between buildings along the 4th Street Bridge, which was pretty crazy. And watching you fly just through those areas, going through buildings and around the bridge and then at at the raceway through like the power lines and everything. Like I got nervous just watching you. Do you do you actually ever get nervous when you're doing some of these sequences? I mean, it's nervous is not the word. I will say, you know, it, it was challenging on the on the Sixth Street Bridge because of the the wires, and it was at night. So I went there three times before, just a week before, three times at night to see the wires, assess where they are, how the lighting is going to be, what we can put as far uh, like lights on the ground to help me know where the wires are. Ah, so we do all yeah. that prep you know before we go there so i don't want to be put in a position where i'm going to be nervous yeah it has to be there's a little bit of that because you have to be 1000 percent on the job because one mistake and you're done right and so there is a there is a tension but it's not like a, i'm ready you know what i mean it's just you know it's important what you're going to be doing so the prep is the key yeah it's just making sure everything is right in the right order and everything like that yes and then also the 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 team on the ground my team um you know pilots uh, my partner ben ben skorstadt he's uh he's a sixteen thousand hours film pilot so he when i'm flying and he's on the ground 
He's basically my eyes from the ground looking at the aircraft. He's prepping with me. We go together on the, on the, on the location. We check the wires together. We make, calculate the distances where the flight path is going to be, the entry point, the exit point. Uh, and and if I deviate from that and he knows, then he's going to tell me at the radio at that second. Um, so it's just all that stuff, you know. Okay. So with all that stuff going, another thing I noticed with both of these days doing this, um, while you're flying, you're not the only thing that's up in the air. There's also a very expensive drone that's whipping around you and almost flying simultaneous with you. Does how how did like that's something I feel like you can't really calculate very well because that has its own pilot on the ground. Um, has that ever been a problem for you, or is it like how do you work with the drone pilots to kind of set yourself up and maneuver to so uh, you guys can both get what you're trying to get and make it safe? I mean, usually drones for me are not a factor really because I'm always telling the drone crew, I uh, said so you have to avoid me. Okay. I don't want to pay attention to you, okay? And, right. and I'm telling them that I said. Look, it's your responsibility to avoid me. And I said, I'm not going to pay attention to you. I'm going to be doing my thing. But each time I'm going to do a path, my ground pilot coordinator is going to let them know what I'm going to be doing. Mm -hmm. So they know. Yes. Um, and you, usually when we do the, the, the safety briefing before we do the sequence, usually they're telling me, okay, the drone is going to be at 20 feet of the ground. It's going to go from A to B. So I know where they're going to be you know, flying. And then I'm t telling them what I'm going to be doing. But from that point, it's on them. Yeah. yeah so they have to be. And then if I see them a little bit too close, uh, it's very easy for me to pretend I'm going to put my downwash on them so they're going to lose their drone in a half a second. <laughs> they out and they usually behave. But it's a little joke. We, we, go, along, we go along with them. and We respect each other. Uh, they're good guys. It's it's a tough, you know. Drone drone crew is a tough job. Yeah, I have to say, you're standing outside for 12 hours. Nobody knows your name. It's uh, bring the drone crew and the drone dude. It's always like that. It's a tough one. I mean, oh, yeah. and it's it's it, it's harder than people think to fly a, a drone in such a confined area. You know, mm -hmm. they, those guys are a lot of trouble. And then a lot of time, the director is frustrated because he doesn't understand the, the, the complexity of that. So they say, why the drone can't do that? Why the drone cannot do that? And then at the end, they do simple move, but it, it, it's a great tool, but it's not easy to use. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so drones also, um, while we're on that subject, uh, they've kind of come up in, the, I mean, when you started in this industry, I'm sure that drones weren't even a thing. So they've come up in your career kind of as you've been working through the years. Have, have you started to feel threatened by them or has it like lowered uh, the amount of work that you've gained or anything like that? Uh, I mean, on the movie side, no. no. Uh, the, 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 the drone didn't take anything. At the beginning, a little bit, because everybody was like, oh, you know, uh, you know, okay, we're going to use a drone, we're going to use a drone, we're going to use a drone. But then the, the directors and the producer understood that you're extremely limited what you can do. Mm -hmm. So let's say the first six months, we lost a little bit, but we've done a lot of reshoot where people thought, okay, we're going to use a drone. And then at the end, didn't work out. So yeah. they used helicopter. I would say now that it's been uh, four or five years, what we lost, we lost a little bit of uh, car commercial, a little bit. Yeah. Where uh, now yeah. they're using drones for that. 
So, you know, but between you and I, and, you know, it's not a problem for me because the, the car commercial in the past, it's a lot of work for one day job. Right. You know, mm-hmm. you have to do all the contract, the insurance, the same thing then for a movie. But instead to be working three weeks on a show, you have to do everything for half a day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the end of the day, I don't really mind uh, losing that part, um, you know. So it, it, it's, I would say the, the overlap between helicopter and drone is maybe 10%. Okay. Where, you know, where the, both could do the job, like this, the straight down shot where you're not moving, like the, the, the car will go through the frame. Before we were doing that, now drones can do that, for example. Yeah, but right. as soon as there's any action, the drones cannot do what we do yeah. from far. Yeah. Uh, they don't have the camera lens package that we have. They don't have the energy that we have. They don't have the uh, spatial orientation that we have. They don't have the depth of field that we have. They don't have the range. They don't have the... So there's a lot of different things. So, And I don't really want to compare the two because it's two different toys, you know? Right. Um, it's, it's the same if you're asking me, is a camera car taking jobs away from you. Mm. Yes, they do, because I can fly five feet off the ground and be like a camera car. Right. The truth is, it's only 5%, the overlap. So okay. you go on, on a big movie set, you have a camera car, you have a helicopter, and you have a drone, and everybody is, is living happily after, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, so you've, you've pretty much become Michael Bay's go-to pilot, um, having done most of his recent movies. Um, you've also flown all over the world. I've, I've, I've scoured your Instagram a little bit, and I've already seen just from that Thailand, Singapore, Iceland, all over Europe, South Africa, all over Asia, and throughout the Middle East. Um, would you say like the traveling is probably your favorite part of the job? I mean, yeah, the, the traveling for me is what I don't like. You don't okay. like it? <laughs> No, because I've been in 200 countries in, on the planet. I mean, I'm, each time, you know, I, 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 I love the location, but the travel itself is a, is a pain. Right. You know, the jet lag is hard. Uh-huh. And um, then you have to get in a, in a helicopter right after, yeah. Yeah, so, you're, you know, it's the, no, I don't like the travel. Uh, I mean, you know why I'm saying that? Because I've been doing it for 20 years also, so... You know, I, I've done, I've gone around the globe. You know, sometimes I go to Brazil for like two days. Okay, then I go, they're asking me to go to Colombia for a week. And then they're asking me from there to go to Tokyo for one day. It yeah. does happen. So it's, it's, it's you know, it, I'm, I'm grateful that they're asking me to do all those things. But the travel is a tough one. I mean, you know, you have to be organized. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, it, I mean... This access, this job probably allows you to like fly in airspace that you would probably never be allowed to fly in otherwise, right? Yes. So, is it hard to like get permits to be able to fly in like Thailand or the Middle East and all that stuff? Like, what's the process in just that? Uh, well, I mean, now that I've been doing it for a long time, I have that international experience. Right. Um, I have different license that I uh, use when I work like this overseas. Um, um, you know, so I can fly in Europe. I have a, a license to fly in Europe, so I can fly in like 17 countries over there legally. So I have to keep that current every year. Yeah. And then I have something for Asia, Japan, Brazil, and I have Thailand and Cambodia and blah, blah. So I keep those licenses up and running. So 
the people now, what I do, I, I, I get one helicopter company that I want to work with per country or per region. So oh, if wow. you ask me to go to Malaysia, Thailand, Cambodia, or then I'm going to use one, the one helicopter company that I use all the time. They have my paperwork. They know me. I know them. I know their machines. So it's easy for me to get a permit because it's a relationship. It's an ongoing relationship. And, and then I have one person that I work with per region as far as permits. So it's, uh, it's somebody that is related to the aviation business, and they take care of permits for me. So it's kind of so easy. How, uh, it's kind of easy when you go back to these places where you've definitely shot before. But what about the like? How often are you sent to places that are still new for you? Do you is that like does that process start all over and take twice as long? Well, I mean, you know, yes, a little bit. But I I kind of know all the countries now on the planet. So <laughs> unless you tell me you have to go to Afghanistan or something, I'm gonna I'm gonna know how to deal with it. Like if you if they, let's say there's some countries like Nepal or India, where we don't really go that often because it's complicated for, not just for us, it's also complicated for the ground crew. And then if I go in those regions, I'm going to call the guy that is the closest from that region that I know uh, well and then ask them. Otherwise, I'm going to call the, you know, the helicopter that I'm using is a, is an Airbus um, 350 helicopter, and that's a French brand. So I, I know the... Uh, the, the, the people up there in France that, you know, so it's easy for me to call them and say, hey, who do you know in Nepal that is selling helicopters? Do, who, do, who has some good machines? So I go through the manufacturer to get the intel on which machine I should use over there right. to begin with. So you're flying a new, a different helicopter pretty much in every country that you go to? It's the same type, but same it's a different type. machine, but it's the same type. Do you own your own helicopter? Yeah, I have one in LA. One in LA. Okay, that makes sense. Um, have you flown? But, uh, have you gone everywhere? I, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, just just to finish on that little point is yeah. it's based in LA, but I have a, a state of the art uh, custom trailer where I can put the helicopter in there, and I can take it all over the US. So it's based in LA, but I, I use it all over the US with that custom trailer. Was that the helicopter that I saw on Fast Nine? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really cool. In fact, when we did Fast 9, uh, that night when we finished, we removed the blades, put it in the trailer, and the truck went to Atlanta in two days, and then I started the show um, over there three days later. Holy crap. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You're you're a madman, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, so have you, have you uh, flown in every single continent? Have you flown in Antarctica? Yeah. 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 All continents. Yes. How do you find a helicopter just hanging out around Antarctica? <laughs> well, you 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 find machine that that base in the northern region. Um, so you you can take a machine, you know, from uh, you know uh, Norway or it depends where is the location, and then you can put it on a boat, and oh, then they yeah, ship yeah. it. Uh, mm -hmm. It depends where is the location, but we usually find machine. There is uh, Greenland. I have also aircraft over there, and uh, I've been using them. In, uh, you know, Greenland, so they know me. I know them. So just stuff like that. Where has been your favorite place to fly? It's you know, there is not just one. Uh, yeah. The truth <laughs> is, the, the truth is, almost each country on the planet have an amazing location to see. 
you know, like in Hawaii, you know, in Kauai particularly, the Napali coast is amazing. Yeah. You go to Libya, to Libya in Africa, Northern Africa, they have those canyons where the, the rocks are black, but the sand is white and uh. Then you go to the Sahara Desert. It's insane. And then you go to America, you go to the Grand Canyon. Come on, you know. Then you go to France. It's the same thing in the, in the, the volcanoes in the center of France. Insane. You go to, I mean, you know, it, it, you go to Scotland. Amazing. You go to Ireland. So it's, it's tough. There is not one place. Yeah, it's just there's a good spot pretty much everywhere. No. Yeah. Uh, besides for flying, what's one of your favorite uh, cities or countries? To like somebody hits you up and says we're shooting here. Like what place? What places get you excited for like the uh, after hours after shoots? Like- you know, I love South America in general. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, people are so friendly, um, and I like the life that they have uh, over there at night. For example, everybody goes out, and they're very social like that. They, they love the. The, the dinners and they invite you to, to their homes. They're very welcoming, you know. So I love that part, like Brazil, yeah. uh, even Colombia, you know. Um, all those countries are amazing to work with. I also love Africa. Um, oh. And I'm born in Africa, so, you know, my heart is there. But mm-hmm. uh, Africa is amazing because they 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 live day by day. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's tough for those guys over there. So you land with a helicopter. And I remember when I did the movie Tarzan in 2014, and mm-hmm. we landed, it was in Gabon, which is West Africa. It's a country, uh, West Africa. And uh, the weather was bad. And we landed in a little village. When I say village, there were 50 people oh, in the wow. middle of the jungle. <laughs> we landed there because the, the rain was too hard. We had to land somewhere. Um, so we landed. And then the, the, the village came to us. And then they, they never seen a black person, a white person. It <laughs> was the first time they've seen a white guy. So all the kids came and the parents came and they, those guys had an absolutely nothing. Like the poverty of those people were uh, really, really hard for us to see that. So yeah. those guys came with uh, platters of food uh, that we couldn't eat because we would have get sick. It was good for them because they're used to it, you know, but for us, we're not used to that. They, they were so friendly. They gave us they, they had nothing that were giving us something to welcome us in the village. Yeah. And the chief of the village, a guy that, I don't know, maybe 100 years old, there was no way to know his age. Yeah. He said, this is the most beautiful day of my life. Wow. And I said, but why, why is that? He said, because you white people come to my village and it's such an honor for me that you guys come to see us. You know, yeah. and, and so we started to give them our T-shirts. We, we, we basically threw out of that place an underwear and nothing else. <laughs> we gave them all the clothes we had, the stuff in the helicopter that we didn't use, pen, uh, notebook, <laughs> um, anything to just to help those guys. You wanted my camera. I had a little camera, like a little Nikon little camera. Right, right. And yeah. he wanted my camera. And I, I told him, you need to charge the thing. He said, he doesn't care. He's going to pretend to take pictures of everything. <laughs> so, so we gave him the camera. So it was such an amazing experience, I have to say. So, you know, Africa, you know, my heart is there. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty amazing, actually. Yeah, that's one thing um, people don't realize when they watch movies is, like, when you're shooting on location is 
how much fun the people are having after you know rap yeah i mean especially on location and, in those certain areas yeah and it seems like basically that's your career is constantly traveling for shoots i mean sometimes yeah. too quick to be able to appreciate a yeah, lot of the areas that's true almost. too but well you want to be nice to people you know uh, in general uh, there's yeah. too much hate in the world anyway people need to be more grateful in general and more nicer to others um you Definitely. know you, you when you put yourself in their shoes you come to their places, disrupt everything. I mean, you know, they, those, those people were amazing because they were just accepting us the way we were. Well, they so probably have to do the same. They probably don't yeah. get much visitors either. I mean, like you say, like you want to give them stuff because, like, just a, even like a pen to them is something that's so mind blowing. Where in Western civilization, it's trash almost. You know. Yeah. Which is kind of cool to yeah. see people light up when you give something like that. Like, what would you say, like, yeah, I would want to give them everything, too, because it's like, yeah, you'll actually make this uh, work and use it pr way more practically than anybody here would. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, that is true. Yeah, so it's, a, it's, it's kind of really cool. Um, I mentioned before that you've you pretty much worked with almost every single uh, major director there is right now. Do you have a particular favorite director that you um, will pretty much always take their call and you just love working with? I mean, you know, each director has his own style and everything. Um, but, I mean, I love the one that do big action, you know, yeah. movie because, uh, you know, that's what, I, that's what we do. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, I mean, you know, Michael Bay is amazing for sure because his vision of the uh, the way the camera moves, it's it's ama it's amazing. You know, it's really amazing. So I I love his vision. Uh, his energy is insane. Yeah, I've you know? heard. <laughs> um, but yeah, but you know, Michael, people say things, but uh, you know, Michael is is if you understand his vision, right? It's easy. The yeah. problem is you have to understand what he has in mind. And all those directors, they so the 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 brain. You know, you have to understand that they 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 they're carrying the whole show in their head. Yeah. You know, we we only have a piece. Our job is so easy compared to them. Right. First of all, they have the responsibility for the studio. You know, they're carrying the movie on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where we're people are trusting about them with hundreds million of dollars. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so you have to help the guy. You know, so yes, I mean, I love Michael Bay, I love Peter Berg, I love, you know, uh, Chris Nolan, all those guys. I mean, they all you have to, you have to take them the way they are. Doesn't matter the personality, and you have to see how you can help the guy. Yeah. Get what he needs. Right. And when yeah. you do that, then it's a, it's an amazing connection, because then they know that you have their back, and then. And then the loyalty goes a long way. As we all know in our movie business, lo loyalty is the, the, the key oh, 100%. of success mm -hmm. for any of us. 100%. You know? <laughs> That's how you keep getting hired. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. So if you like, you like the action stuff more, so uh, a lot of that requires a lot of uh, special effects and explosions and a lot of that stuff. Does Do you like adding that element into uh, how you kind of coordinate a scene or whatever? Because I'm, I'm sure that adds a whole lot more to it. Yes, and I, lo I love that stuff. I mean, all the explosions and blowing things up and crashes and all that yeah. stuff I like. I mean, the, the biggest, the better. But you have to understand there's only three or four really companies 
specialize in the big action movies, right? Doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. So we all know each other. They know me. I know them. So when I go on a show and there's a big sequence, then we just they, they know I need. They're gonna send me a demo that they did on a video, like a little test to show me the scale of the flame, how wide is the spread, and that stuff. You know, is it is it projecting any debris or is it just air and you know, they, they give me all the info and those guys super precise. I mean, usually when they tell me it's going to be 120 feet up and 60 feet wide and, you know, we calculate the wind uh, going to be doing and then where I should be. And then we make the plan. And those guys, professional experts, will respect each other and it's, it's never going to never be a problem. Uh, there were some close call in my career, but just because he didn't go when he was supposed to go. And I'm talking a half a second or a second delay. Yeah. Mm. But but we always have a, uh, we have a way out. Right. So we used the way out basically. Um, just uh, so obviously, hopefully this doesn't happen. But say you were to die tomorrow, is there a scene specifically that you would want to be remembered for, or you were most proud of that comes to mind? I mean. Uh, first of all, it's not going to happen. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, it's, I mean, it's really hard to answer a question like this because um, everything we do, all the energy we do, it's to avoid something like this. So yeah. I even, even never thought about it. You know, it's like we do everything is, is to preventing that. It's like people in their lives don't understand what they need to do to stay alive in good shape until the last day of their lives. Right. Like yeah. they, they're not sleeping enough or properly. They don't uh, eat, you know, properly. Yep. They don't um, uh, behave, you know, spiritually, mentally, and all that stuff. Me, I'm trying to to sleep eight hours a day. I don't drink any alcohol. I never did. I never smoked a cigarette in my life. Wow. Um, I oh, do wow. uh, one hour a day, every day of cardio and the gym. Um, every day, yeah. Um, you know, I'm super careful. I eat super healthy, so I'm super careful. What I mean is not just the flying part, right? So mm-hmm. I never thought about, you know, what you're asking me. I, I need to think about it for a second. But I, I think I will say, I would be, to, I would love to be remembered for just the, all the, you know, beautiful sequence we did and, and and make the audience happy watching movies and stuff like that. Just a more general thing than a specific uh, sequence do you have any vices it sounds like you're just the perfect guy just eating healthy never <laughs> drinking you mean advice for anybody or for people that want to do what i'm doing no uh, no advice no, no, like uh where i drink so that's my vice uh surfing probably it sounds surf. like <laughs> well i mean i would say that you need to you you need you, you know yourself is the most important key of the puzzle of your mm. success in life. It's yourself. So you have to start treating yourself correctly. Yes. Yeah. Because people are always trying to do amazing stuff, but they forget themselves. So the thing is, you have to start by yourself. And I don't know, you know, everybody has different, you need a little treat. So you have to find yeah. what that is. But, yeah. but you have to balance out. Like, like I have a weight that I never exceed. You know, I'm 165 pounds and I stay there. And that's, 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 the, that's it would say it's the yellow line. If I go to 168, that's the red line. Mm-hmm. And I'm 6'1". So if, if I'm, I'm check my weight every other day, for example, so I don't let myself go 
to gain weight like people do two pounds a year for 10 years and mm-hmm. then they get 20 pounds bigger and now your knees hurt your hips hurt uh you may get pre-diabetic and stuff it just the food is terrible everywhere yeah. too much sugar yeah. so i mean just i'm careful with all that stuff to make sure i'm going to be a healthy person and i think each person needs to assess what they can do to feel better without being frustrated that you're not getting you know what you supposed to what you want so you have to you have to take if you drink maybe just one beer every other day and not three a day mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that makes and you sense. will appreciate it more in fact yeah um with the with the uh on, I'm curious about the on-screen like helicopter crashes that like are actually a part of the movie. Do you help out with like a lot of that because that happens in quite a bit of movies? Yeah, so we usually um, try to help them uh, uh, make the sequence work. So a lot of helicopter crashes, you need to have the real helicopter start the the move of the crash. So like so a spiral. We need to. Yes, exactly, like a spiral down or a, a big turn, a nose down. So you need to find a place where they can put a camera and you need like a dip, like an like edge of a cliff where they can put a camera, pretending that's the ground level. And then the helicopter do some crazy stuff and then we have room to uh, get out of it. And then they can just CG the impact mm. or that's use right. a mock-up. So yeah. usually, usually they have a mock-up, which is a, a piece of a real helicopter, Sometimes it's a whole thing without the blade or what the tail boom and the main cabin. Sometimes it's just a cabin. So it depends. They can put it on a rail, uh, on tracks, you know, maybe uh, 60 foot tracks. They put it there and then we do all the flying that lead to the beginning of those tracks and then the cut. And then they're going to use the mock up to go to the impact, for example. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so we're running towards the end. Um, I just want to kind of finish off by going through um, a couple credits that we have, and maybe if you have any like kind of stories or cool location stuff that you could tell us about uh, that particular credit, um, that would be cool. So we'll just go through a couple. So you have so many, so we'll, we'll nitpick this a little bit. Um, the first one that's popping out of me is you worked on Star Wars Rise of Skywalker? Yeah. And where was that shot? <laughs> So we shot in Jordan. Oh, wow. Which is, uh, yeah, uh, you know, Middle East. And that had to have been a lot of CG stuff and everything added, right? Well, they added a lot, but they need us to do the, what we call the plates, like the the elements for them to put the CG. So we've done a lot, a lot of work. We spent three weeks there. We uh, shipped a helicopter from Europe to Jordan. And we 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 uh, we took it apart in Europe, put it in a seven four seven, shipped it to Jordan, put it back together, and then flew to the location and then did the job. But it was it was amazing. I mean, it was uh, at the location called Wadi Rum, which right. is uh, you remember the the film was um, uh, it was March? Is it, is it March? Uh, you know, um, is it Matt Damon? I think when he's on that on on March planet. Mars? Oh, Mars? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mars, um, yeah. Yeah, I remember. You know, when he's, yeah. They forget, they forget him. Uh, the, the crew has to go. There was a storm 
on the planet and they have to leave. Right. And they let, let oh, the Martian. 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 There we go. Yeah. Martian. Martian. Yeah. I, I knew it was something was Martian. Martian. <laughs> so that's that location. If you remember the look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, red, that's called, red. That's called Wadi Rome, and that's why people go there. It's in Jordan, and Jordan people super friendly, super nice. It was fun. I mean, it's. It, I mean, it's challenging because you're in the desert and there's nothing there, just dust and sandstorm. But mm-hmm. it was it was pretty cool to do. Yeah. Um, let's see. Another credit would be you did the Jumanji movie. Yeah. Was that in Hawaii? There is some stuff in Hawaii, and there was some stuff in uh, Dumont Dunes. Um, close to uh, San Diego, over there. Oh, okay. So, yeah, we've done some sequence there. Do a lot of these movies like so? I know a lot of them. Are, when you said you're like you spent a few days here, a few days there, a few days there, is that all usually for the same movie, or you're jumping from movie to movie to movie when you do that? Uh, I jump from movie to movies, but because usually like Jumanji will do Hawaii like in October, and then they're going to keep filming the sequence there. We're only going to go there for three days, but they stay for two months. Then we right. go to do another show, and then they go to uh, Dumont Dunes, for example, where they say two weeks, and then we're coming for a few days again. So, yes, it's spread within six months, you know, for example. How, uh, how many uh, scenes are you prepping or sequences are you prepping at any given time? It sounds like you do... A lot. It, uh, it varies. So I would say I do 10 to 12 big movies a year, which is kind of the average. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one can keep me busy for eight, nine months, and yeah. one keep me busy for a week. Right. Know, it depends. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not usually, there's only, like, we don't do crazy um, sequence on all of them. Uh, the one you know, like the Fast and Furious, yes, that's going to be engaging. Yeah, and yeah. And that's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So usually, like I'm already getting emails from the director about the next one, the next Fast and Furious. You know where we'll, we could do this, where we do that. So we we share a little bit of how we're going to do things two years before they're going to start. Yeah, you know. That so and then when the movie starts, we just you know the team. We have a good team, uh, pilots and and the cameramen. and so we all work together to uh, you know. Sometimes I don't have time to go, so my partner goes the location check things out and you know those days you prep a lot of stuff you know from your desk yeah you know, yeah. Um, you know videos and uh, google earth maps and um, especially for budget i don't necessarily need to go anywhere i do it from my uh from my computer yeah are uh, you are you ever actually rec- recommending 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 <laughs> recommending uh locations for directors like if they have an idea and you're like oh this this spot would be better for that or is it always just yes yeah yes but it's but it's often uh more the question they ask me it's not that much for the look of the location sometimes i do but it's mostly can we do the low flying like like let's say they're gonna say can we do a fast and furious in hong kong for example Right. Mm-hmm. Are they going to let us do? And then I, I'm going to say, absolutely not. For example, forget <laughs> Hong Kong. They're going to say, no, the civil aviation is extremely strict over there. There is no way I can be five feet off the ground behind a, a, a car chase sequence. Right. And I will say, we can go to Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. We can go right. to you know Bangkok. We can go to Phnom Penh in Cambodia and stuff like that. 
Yeah, still. Know, and then they're going to say, well, that's not the look of the movie. I said, sure. So you have to understand, we're going to have to stay at 500 feet of our own Kong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So are you okay with that? You know, <laughs> just stuff like that. Yeah, sorry, yeah. pen on pen does not look like Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I mean, I will, I, I, I will now not suggest, you know, if they yeah, say yeah, Hong yeah. Kong, I'm going to say, why we don't do it in the U.S.? Yes. Because yes, those, yes. Hi, those high rises, so let's do it, you know, in, in downtown Chicago, for example, or downtown L.A., and where we can add the same look, and then let's go to Hong Kong to shoot the plates. But yeah. the, 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 the close proximity sequence, we can cheat it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing another credit. You you did Kong Skull Island. That was in Thailand, right? So we did Thailand and we did uh, Hawaii. No, in fact, we don't do that. We did Vietnam and we did Hawaii. Oh, we you didn't did go Vietnam. to Thailand, that one. Is it, so what challenges come with flying in a communist country? It is interesting. (laughs) um, I would say so. (laughs) The the truth is, is the challenge there is nobody's making a decision. Right. Like if you ask a guy, he's going to say, sure, we can do it. But the truth is he cannot. Mm -hmm. So even if you make a deal with somebody, it doesn't mean shit. Really? You have to go through a local entity, a Vietnamese entity, and uh, like a government entity to make sure you're going to get what you want because otherwise if you go there's no private companies over there so it's, it's a tough one the english is 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 so 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 you also have to make sure there is no loss of translation so it's all that stuff that is hard to prep so what we did over there because there's no civilian helicopters in vietnam back then right so we shipped one from europe to vietnam wow and by uh, by cargo plane and I use my European license, in fact, to fly that machine in Vietnam because that machine was registered in Europe. So your license goes with a tail number on the aircraft itself, not where you are flying. Oh, wow. Okay. If, I, if I was using a Vietnamese tail number helicopter, I would need a Vietnamese license. But if you bring one from Europe, you need the license from Europe to fly in Vietnam. So because I have that, that's how we did it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you weren't you weren't flying in like kind of like back undercover areas. You were flying in like Halong Bay area, right? Yeah, all the you know big epic locations. Yes, yeah. so we we've done one month. It was thirty days of uh, working and um, all over all over the Vietnam. So it's not easy. The the weather is hard. You know, really hard. You the visibility are bad. You know, to get the rain, it was tough. You know, it was tough. Beautiful, um, but tough, yeah, you know? definitely. I see here you shot uh, in Singapore for Guardians of the Galaxy. How was that? So that's another challenging place, <laughs> uh, you know. So it, because it's extremely regulated, yes. yeah, you know, extremely regulated. So we had to tweak a little bit the sequence to make it work. Because it, like if you stay above water, they give you more freedom as far as uh, altitude. Also, if you, if you find a location where the airport, the main airport, is close to that location, that's good because the, the, the tower, the control tower, will have to keep you low to not interfere with any other planes. So instead to go away from an airport thinking, oh, I want to go away from traffic, get close to the airport so they keep you low. And then they give you the legal permission to fly low, lower than you were supposed to. Yeah. So that that's what we did. Um I also see here uh Jack and Jill. 
How was working yeah. with Adam Sandler? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's different level. Uh, <laughs> it's, easier. it's easier. Yeah, there was yeah. no big action or whatever on those ones. It was just uh, beauty shots and stuff. But then it was fun. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Dennis Duncan, the the director, great guy, amazing guy. He flew with us, so it was fun because mm-hmm. he's he's an amazing uh, person. So that was cool. Yeah, and I'll I'll do one more. Just mention, uh, what was Inception like? Because that I mean that movie is everywhere, um, especially it's a helicopter. So Inception, yeah. yeah, Inception, because Chris Nolan is so um, he's thinking so hard on each sequence. Like he has that sequence in his mind to the detail. So the roadmap that you have doesn't let you have a lot of freedom in a sense. You have to do exactly what he needs because that's the way he works. Right, right, right. But so it, it was very interesting, um, you know, to be part of something like that, but it was extremely detailed. Yeah. You guys jumped all over the globe for that one, I'd imagine, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Um all right, I don't want to keep you too, too much longer. Um, where can our people find you if they want to check out some of your work and, and, and just see some of your helicopter stuff? I mean, the best is Instagram, I will say. You know, that's uh, where most of my videos there. I'm trying to really show what we do and how we do it. Um, you know, I, I think that's the best one. Best one? And, and what's, your, uh, what's your Instagram handle? It just put my name, Fred North. It will pop. It'll be uh, one of the first ones to come up, so you can't really mix it. Well, great. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and talk to us. You're welcome. And sorry, I know we pushed it twice, but uh, I apologize for that. It's I don't want to be that person, but it was just uh, you know, wrong time. But uh, thank you so much, and uh, any time we can do it again. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. You're welcome. Thanks. Bye. Yep. Bye-bye. That's Fred North. You should check out his Instagram. He's got a lot of cool stuff. Check out his IMDb too. His demo reel is also there with some pretty fucking cool yeah, the stuff. Yeah, t- the titles on there is basically just every action movie that's ever been made in the past 20 years. Pretty much every single action movie and blockbuster movie he's worked on. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say that. And every aerial shot, that's him. So it's a lot of good stuff. Um, so that, if you're planning on shooting an action movie, yeah, you give him the, a call. All the listeners, yeah, give, um, give Fred North a call. Um, let's let's keep this going with some TV and movie news stuff, huh? Yeah, I think we got some some good stuff to talk about. Yeah, what do we got? We got, um, you know, on Hulu. What's been your favorite Hulu show to watch lately? Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, that's been I've your... I've been rewatching it. Has been your regular lately? Yeah, I think I'm on, like, season four. I've just been picking up the uh, the new stuff that just got released on Hulu, which is the continuation of my journey to Oak Island. Mm. And I don't know... have I, I don't think I've ever talked about this before on the podcast. No. I, I, I think it was last year. I used to be super into the show called... Uh, what is it? It's the Curse of Oak Island. The Curse. Of Oak Island. The Curse of Oak Island. And you can find, I think, uh, six seasons right now on on uh, on Hulu. But if you go into that, you're gonna just get stuck in this deep wormhole because it's fucking captivating. And uh, yeah, they it, find just enough to keep you interested. Yeah, yeah. They they don't really find much, but they do find enough mm-hmm. to get in, over like what six seasons. So basically. Like back in the way days, like before Christopher Columbus even came to America. Back in the way days. Yeah. There's a place in Nova Scotia called Oak Island, this tiny little island. Mm -hmm. And um, 
There we go. Okay. <laughs> and uh, people, people basically, I mean, like the Knights Templar, the legend has it that the Knights Templar had come there and dug like deep. Uh, Underground this, like, trench. Yeah, this like 90, yeah, this 90 or 140 foot deep trench that they hid uh, a treasure. Yeah. But not any treasure. Like there's rumors that the, the, the Holy Grail. The Holy Grail is in there. Mm -hmm. The uh, the Lost Ark, the Covenant of the Ark mm -hmm. is down there. And the uh, the menorah or whatever the, the Jewish one is too. All like the biggest well, treasures we, in the world. We all know the Ark of the Covenants in a government facility. Sure, probably. government warehouse. Yeah, it's in, in at the end of Indiana Jones. We all know that. We've seen the movie. Yeah, that documentary. Yeah, that documentary. <laughs> so there's this like really rich dude who owns a bunch of vineyards that's brothers like super into it. And they basically bought up most of the island mm -hmm. and just start like digging and digging around and like. By digging, you mean a hole of debt, right? Yeah, uh, no. Well, I guess he, he keeps having millions and millions at this point. Like they could find like a big treasure chest. It ain't going to get them back. The millions that they spent on this. No, I don't, I don't see it happening. No, but every episode they're like, Oh, I found a coin. <laughs> we it's, found a, it's from 1700s. There's a hole in this rock. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a hole in this rock that is man made. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Or look at this. This rock is very peculiar. It's flat on this side. It ha look at the runes. Yeah, look at th this. Has to be man-made. Mm -hmm. So and then they bring it to a facility and they do a shit ton of tests on it and they're like, "This is man-made." <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, yeah." And then they go, "I'd say it's from." France. Mm -hmm. They're like, Whoa, how did it get here? How did it get here? We I, don't know. We don't know. There's more questions than answers. Like, dump, oh, Oak Island. Dump $500,000 more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're just digging a bunch of holes and finding little treasures. But man, it's fucking captivating because every episode they find something and you're like, what? They're almost there. They're they almost they, got it. They gotta be there. And then four seasons later, they're still going. <laughs> they're still going. And I and I know right now they're releasing new episodes day or weekly of season seven. Mm -hmm. And I, I like looked it up on IMDb and they're up to like episode twenty two that they're releasing. I was like, Jesus Christ. But I, I don't want to dig too deep in the internet because I don't want to know if they found it. But I feel like if they found like the big treasure, it would probably be all over the internet. It'd probably make the news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I'm guessing no, but you know what? I don't want to be surprised. So if you want to find something that will captivate your life and take it over, I would go ahead and go to that one. But you told me you wanted to do like a side podcast to try to like watch the Hitler one. Oh, yeah. There's a great show called Hunting Hitler. That's 10 times better than The Curse of Oak Island. Really? Is it they as actually discover things. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But has they? I don't think they've changed the realm of history of how Hitler died, huh? Well, if you watch the show, they did. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll have to watch it. Maybe the sheep. Wait, it's a whole. Don't believe it. So we're gonna. What are we gonna do? A different show just called the Hunt for Hitler or something like that. Hitler retired in Argentina. Yeah. He retired in Argentina. Argentinian Hitler. Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, wait, is that what happened in... Uh, Most of the Nazi party retired that, in Hitler. That's what happened... Or in Argentina. That's what happened in that new TV show, isn't it? They, they they got... they very. Oh, wait, that's a big spoiler alert. That's The Hunters or The Hunt? No, that's all about America. No, well, at the... Did you watch the last episode? Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. When they bring him to, like, this special thing, I think they, they brought him out to a different country, didn't they? Yeah. And then Hitler walks up and they're like... Oh, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. That's Argentina, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, well, uh, 
Well, every, everybody knows Hitler went to Argentina. Oh, These people just I'm not prove it that he did. So Along, we're going to release... There are entire towns in Argentina that speak nothing but German. So if you want to listen to us just watch look at Hunting Hitler, mm-hmm. <laughs> then... Uh, maybe that'll come out soon. We'll probably do it next week because we don't have any time. And we just banked three fucking episodes. So No, we didn't. I mean, these no, all, we didn't. These yeah. are all real time. Yeah, these so, are live. Yeah, these are live. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. So uh, look around for that. Um, I got to talk to the Inner Circle boys before we make it an official Inner Circle show. But if not, we'll just release it as maybe a bonus episode or, or uh, t- movie time with Freddie and Mikey. Mm-hmm. You know, So something fun like that. Um, and other Hulu news, though. Hulu. Um, there's a TV show that's breaking the internet. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not breaking the internet because not a lot of people are talking about it, but it's breaking effects. Mm-hmm. You want to know what show that is? What is it? Dave. Dave. Breaking oh. effects? Oh, FX. FX, yes. Yeah. I thought you meant effects. Effects. Like. <laughs> They're breaking records over there. Dave has officially pretty much doubled any of like their views on any of their shows that they've ever had. Yeah, we're in quarantine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we're probably in quarantine, but that says a lot about the show Dave itself. And you know the show Dave, right? Yeah, people love Lil Dicky. Yeah, it's Lil Dicky's pretty much, it's his, it's a show about his life. I mean, I don't know how accurate it is, I'm sure. I'm pretty it's sure very, everybody very, knows very, about it. Yeah. They they did plenty of market Oh, shit. yeah, yeah, but it's it's... A very good show. If you haven't checked it out, you should definitely fucking check out the show. It's just like all about him just trying to be a rapper, but very uh, knowledgeably known that he's a satirical rapper and he's white and doesn't belong here, but mm-hmm. he's still making it for some reason. I'm still distracted by you saying knowledgeably known. Knowledgeably known, yeah. <laughs> dude, you don't have any knowledgeably stuff? Knowledgeably. Come on, dude, get smarter. Knowledgeably known. Yeah. Things are about to get a whole lot stupider. Uh, next week on the podcast, we'll have a professor who specializes in non- knowledgeably unknowns. Yeah. So that'll yeah, be fun. Yeah. He also knows a lot about, he has a lot of knowledgeably facts about Oak Island. So, mm-hmm. so we'll do that. But um, anyways, why I brought Dave up. Um, we haven't even talked about Dave on the podcast. Great show. Good thing. Little Dicky. Anyways, Breaks FX. Um, it just got approved for season two. So it will be back for nice. season two. Um, we'll see how it does in season two when we're off quarantine. But who knows? Maybe we'll be in quarantine. So maybe they won't even shoot it anyway. You watch that fucking mouse. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, side- yeah, just all these shows are just... Don't be expecting a new season of any show you like right now next year. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be like a two-year difference between these seasons. Um, I got some news that that uh, Nick actually brought to our attention. Um, it's not really news. This movie's been out for a while, but it's on Netflix now, and that's The Death of Stalin. Yeah. Um, oh, it's on Netflix right now? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Mm. So that's with uh, Steve Buscemi, am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Where's the lighter? Oh, shit, shit, you're right. Do you have a lighter? you have a lighter? We, we got a light. This is a t- It's been a while. We haven't l- been able to light um, a candle for a while, but we're bringing out St. Buscemi right now, mm-hmm. and we're lighting the Steve Buscemi candle. Here, I'm just going to situate him, since we're using him, right on top of the, uh, the failing Hollywood jar. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, um, Nick says it was really good. He says it was really interesting. It looks a little bit satirical, but it, I, after watching the trailer, it does it does almost look a little bit serious? Yeah. Well, it looks. <laughs> what's a movie? It kind of reminds. Yeah, so it's a dark comedy, kind of. Yeah, it's a dark political comedy. Yeah. 
Yeah, but it, I Which mean, we've seen before. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but yeah, it has a has a lot of other people in it too. It has Jeffrey Tambor. Um, I don't know who Paul Reddy is. Yeah, yeah, but it's a pretty pretty big cast. Justin Edwards, Tom Brook. So I think I I have that to my repertoire. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that did I use that word correctly? The, the list? No, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Your repertoire refers to things that you can do, like skills. Well, okay. Um, I can do the. De- no, yeah, I guess that doesn't work. <laughs> you mean you're going to add it to the list of things that you haven't even started watching? Yet? Yes, yes, that's that's the what I'm looking at. That you're probably never going to. Yeah, just to starting. give it a quick, it's uh, it's about the death of Stalin. It takes place in 1953. Seems after- like seems like Stalin dies in the beginning, probably. Yeah, I would say so, and and it's um the people around him dealing with their death, with his death. Yeah, and how they're going to kind of handle it. And who's going to kind of raise power? So um, Raise power. Who's going to raise to power, I guess I should mm-hmm. say. Hail Caesar looks like it's. it says it's like Hail Caesar. I would doubt it because that movie, Hail Caesar, a, a complete a, a comedy. Singing comedy. A singing, no, it was not no, a musical. It was, <laughs> it was about a theatrical production, I think. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a while. The movie wasn't very good. No. Um, I remember when it was coming out, though, they were saying it was the best movie ever fucking made. Um, this is going to be the first time that we actually have... Well, let me just blow out Mr. Buscemi here. Mm. But as we finish blowing out Buscemi, I'm going to need, Nick, you to yeah. light another cam- candle. Mikey yeah, just yeah. got done blowing Steve Buscemi. Yep, I just blew Steve Buscemi, but then I, now he's, I lit the fire. Now he's turning on... Keanu Reeves. Yeah, Saint so Ke- we just Saint lit- Keanu. Saint Keanu. So this is actually more um, uh, more recent news. This was just uh, announced, <laughs> I believe, today. Mm-hmm. So Keanu Reeves, he will be the lead in Matrix Four. Well, I think we knew that. <laughs> well, I don't know if he will anymore now that they've did they finish shooting that. I don't know. Anyways, Keanu Reeves, he will be the lead. In the new Justice League Dark movie. Like the lead bad guy? Um, no. Um, I don't know. I didn't see the other movie that's kind of connected with this. Because mm-hmm. apparently he will be playing Constantine. Oh, rad. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. Constant- wow. Constantine's such a fucking underrated yeah. movie. Was that DC? I don't know. Uh, that's why I was like a little bit confused for it, but I didn't yeah. see it. You well, would I mean, probably it's gotta know, be if he's in Justice League. Yeah, you would know probably better than I would. Um, I mean, I watched it, uh, but it was a long time. What was Constantine about? Uh, a dude who hunts demons. Exorcist. Yeah, an exorcist. Does it seem There's like it was... There's a TV series, too. Is it comic book based? No. Yeah. No, it's a comic. Oh, yeah? Yeah. From the DC world, I'm guessing. Yeah. But it doesn't say um, I don't um, know if it says a CC, he's looking at IMDb, the top picture of IMDb. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure the movie may have not been DC, but if the comic was, then that's a different story. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I can just. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool though. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So I guess uh, that's obviously. Oh, here we go. That we obviously have a. Um, we got to wait a long time for that one to come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so but this that's is just, cool, though. yeah, it's just news that's started to just circulate around the the web and everything today. So, um, I'll blow that candle off right now. So after I blew Buscemi, I think um, 
Keanu Reeves is going to be a, a good thing to follow. Okay. We're done with Keanu. Mm-hmm. And now, let's like Gary Busey. I'm just kidding. We're not, we're not talking about Gary Busey. Right yeah, now. no more Busey. His Instagram has been interesting during this time. <laughs> okay, with that, let's finish up. Unless you have any movie news. Um, I did have something. Yeah? Uh, oh, yes. Yes, movie news. Um, uh... <laughs> so no? <laughs> no, no. You got nothing? I got nothing. Okay. So um I have a top ten. Oh yeah. What do you got? I got I was gonna try to do this with um with Mr. North, but we kinda ran he was just so damn interesting. Yeah. That I had to just, you know, keep listening to what he had to say. Mm-hmm. Um but we still got this. Here is a top ten. This is IMDB's Rotary Actions. Top 10 helicopter movies. Woo! So I believe this is a list that's like, I, mean, I think there has to be some aspect of the movie that's about mm-hmm. the helicopter. Like Black Hawk Down, I think, would be a prime example because that movie is yeah. about Black Hawks. But I don't know. Uh, Black Hawk. Hawk? Black. Watch that movie, Cop- uh, Nick. Down. Yeah, yeah. It's a really good movie. That's a movie about. I've seen it. Trying to deep throw. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, coming in at number 10. Number 10. Ooh. Number 10. We have a 19, um, 1957 to 1960. This must be when helicopters first were invented because literally on the picture of the uh, movie cover is a dude filming a helicopter. Oh, it was... I mean, I don't think they were definitely invented way before that because they were using them in like World War II and shit like that. So why are they trying to make it seem like it's such a big deal? The name of the movie is called Whirly Birds. It's 7.9. Yeah, it got a 7.9 star rating. So it's got to be good. Um, 111 episodes of the Syndicate show were produced. Oh, so it's a TV show. Okay. 1950. That makes a lot more sense. It's a TV mm-hmm. show that was produced between 1956 and 1959. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Number nine. Ooh. There we go. This is something I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I don't know if it's going to be the only one. This one's got a 5.8 star on IMDb. The movie is Rambo 3. Mm-hmm. Definitely <clears throat> high helicopter movie, I guess. Yeah. IMDb is just hating with that 5.8. With that 5.8? Yeah. I gotta, all, I think I got to rewatch. I mean, this Rambos. is a prime. Yeah. I, I, I had like a vendetta against it for a while. I mean, I think all... Stallone movies just because yeah. I think much he's like much like Sylvester Stallone yeah. in Rambo you had a vendetta yeah and you mean Sylvester Stallone in anything yeah <laughs> I had a vendetta um primarily just because I think he's one of the worst actors of all time kind of like Nicolas Cage mm-hmm. um to where they just they have one character and they even can't play that very well and Stallone is the one I mean his best role was in that fucking softcore porn that came out Oh, his best role was Rocky. Rocky? I didn't even enjoy Rocky and that Rocky much. And Rocky 4? I didn't even enjoy Rocky that much. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just... I don't know. I can't understand anything. No one understands me. Okay. Yeah. So don't do the go. hack fucking Sylvester Stallone impressions. That's, okay? that's not a hack at all. That's exactly how he sounds. <laughs> you do better Stallone, you... but his movies are... 
I, I don't care to rewatch the Rocky ones because I don't really have an interest in boxing or any of that shit. But I do think I do want to watch the Rambo movies again because what those are mostly like Vietnam esque movies, right? Well, no, I, th- I think the original story is he fought in Vietnam. I've never seen First Blood. Bless you. So it has to do with uh, First Blood goes into the Stallone movies, or that yeah, is, First Blood is, is the ori- is the first Rambo. Oh, it's Rambo First Blood. Okay, that makes more sense. I don't think I've ever. Well, seen it was re- originally released just as First Blood. I've seen the famous scene with him going through the jungle, like fucking, just plowing everybody with the machine gun. But that's that's about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'll have a. I'll watch the the first Blood this week and then see if it it trails me on to go to Rambo three. How many Rambos were there? Oh, fucking no. Seven? Probably. That would be insane. No, wait, wait. <laughs> Nick could have said any number. That's Rocky, yeah, and they're still doing Rocky movies, but yeah. I heard they're going to do another Rambo also. I don't know. Rambo Last Blood. <coughs> Last Blood? Oh, okay. When was that? Was that recent? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, that makes like sense. Like probably 2018. Okay, we'll move on to number eight. Uh, number eight, another movie that I do know. It's the 2003 version of the hulk so that's that's the bad hulk that's the bad hulk one that was absolute garbage who was hulk in that some random motherfucker it wasn't Uh, oh yeah eric banna Mm -hmm. so wait eric banna played bruce banner Mm -hmm. oh you should never cast somebody just because your last name is close enough (laughs) just saying (laughs) If it was that bad. I don't remember that movie at all, actually. Oh, it's trash. It's not good. That was... 2003 had to have been from one of the very first installments yeah. from, like, Marvel, right? Yeah. yeah. And so. then I think... I want to say, like, maybe five years later, they did the, um... Oh, uh, fuck. What's his name? Edward Norton's... Yeah, yeah. One. That's the first one I which remember. Which was a little better. Which still wasn't your cup of tea. It yeah. still wasn't good, but... Yeah. Ed- Ed Norton obviously did a better performance. So what's... Do you remember this 2003 Hulk well? Oh, I just remember it being trash. And I remember one specific scene where he fights a dog or some shit, a werewolf, something. Did he fight a helicopter? Why is this on the helicopter list? I don't fucking know. <laughs> uh, he is jumping over buildings. He's jumping... Maybe jumping yeah. over helicopters. No, then. he's jumping like, through the ceiling. That's how he moves around, jumping through buildings. Oh, okay. Jumps through buildings. We'll move on to number seven. So at number seven, yes. we have a TV movie. So straight to movie, TV. Everybody's a 1982 everybody's famous, favorite. famous movie. It's got a five. I don't know why it has a 5.9 here, but down. Um, it's Deadly Encounter. Who, who, Who's Larry Hagman? Yeah, it stars uh, Larry Hagman as a helicopter. Susan S. <laughs> and Spatch. He's an ex-combat helicopter pilot. Larry Hagman helps a widow ex-girlfriend... Susan Espach with the black book her husband kept from mobsters. Okay. So all the accounts. Yeah, I mean, it sounds interesting. He's an accountant. Yeah. All right. We'll move on to another TV movie. Oh, great movie. movie. It um, came out last year. Uh, no. Birds of Prey. Uh, <laughs> wrong Birds of Prey. So we're talking about the, well, I guess I wouldn't oh, the call 19, it the original. The Birds 1973 TV movie. I'm sorry. Yeah, 1973 TV movie, Birds of Prey. This one got a 6.8. A former fighter pilot. Now working as a radio station traffic reporter, witnessed a bank robber. Yep. He chases down the bank robbers in hostage in his helicopter. Mm -hmm. And he tilts it just enough so the blades chop them up. 
That's a that that's a, a GTA trick, right? Mm -hmm. That that's that's where you got that from. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've seen it in movies. Yeah. Done it in really? video games. Really? What movie does that happen? <laughs> I don't know. I've seen it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here we go. Number five. We got a 2001 war flick, Black Hawk Down. Mm -hmm. We've already kind of mentioned it. Um, I got to rewatch this one too. Um, I'm really into war movies. Uh, I'm actually kind of surprised that this is one of the first war movies that's come up on this because I feel like most of the helicopter movies would be war movies, don't you? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's some, I forgot how many, I forgot Ewan McGregor was in this, like a younger kind of Ewan McGregor, like this, but like, I mean, train spotting and probably went straight into Black Hawk Down. Yeah. What was train spotting? Like 99? Yeah. Something like that. I mean, he was pretty young then. But um, I'm sure. Nah, I don't have fucking time for this. <laughs> so, uh, but it, yeah, Josh Hartnett. What has Josh Hartnett been in recently? Uh, Penny, Penny Dreadful. Oh, the oh, the I was original. like, I was like, what? Oh, yeah, I guess I didn't watch the much of the original Penny Dreadful. Okay, The yeah. Faculty. That's such a good movie. Oh, and Die Hard's coming out. That's yeah. another movie you were supposed to put on your list that you're never going to get around to watching. Die Hard? No, The Faculty. Oh, The Faculty. Are you playing with a cap with your feet? Because I <laughs> yeah. can hear that on mic. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll write it down on my list. Ready? Faculty. The. So, yeah, because it's not going to come up unless it I won't. put the in front of it. Starring a young Elijah Wood. Okay. Um, and Tom Sizemore. So... If you haven't seen Black Hawk Down, it's a beautiful film about brothers. Not real brothers, but, you know, the mm -hmm. brotherhood four brothers. That, that, that forms. It's not four brothers at all. No. Brotherhood that forms. Two war together, And people are at war together and getting injured and helping each other get out of a dangerous zone. Yes. Black Hawk Down. Um, number four, 1990 film, action-adventure film called Firebirds. Have you seen this? I've heard no. of this. Nope. Um, elite Apache helicopter pilots are tasked with destroying powerful armed drug cartels operating in South Africa. Tommy Lee Jones and Nicolas Cage. I feel like I've seen this movie before. I can't remember it for the life of me. I hope there's a fucking trailer because I would love to watch a trailer for this right now. Oh, wait. Is it black and white? No fucking way. It is. Okay. I definitely have not seen this before. <laughs> yeah. It's also a 4.9, I think it's a... Well, yeah, because Nicolas Cage is the fucking star of it. Nicolas Cage is a great actor. You keep your fucking mouth shut. Nicolas Cage is awful. The only movie that he semi has any Face talent off? in. No. Uh, Raising Arizona. Well, obviously Raising Arizona. That, that's it. I said the only... Gone in 60 seconds. Oh, um, fuck that. What about the one with the jail up in North? The one with the jail up in North. Yeah, the jail that he escapes that he has to break into this jail because there's stereos in it. There's stereos in it? Stereos. Yeah, he's trying, to, he's trying to steal the Sony stereos. <laughs> you guys, there there's stereos. Alcatraz? Oh, The Rock. The Rock. Yeah. That was with Nick Cage? Yeah. I haven't seen yeah. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I know it's with Sean Connery. The Rock. Um, this is a recent movie? No. 1996. Oh, yeah, it was Cage. Sean Connery and Nick Cage. I was like half-half. It was Nick Cage. Was this black and white, too? No. No. Oh, I looked up The Rock, and then the actor, The Rock, 
is the first thing that comes up, of course. Of course. You know, he's got to be the highest Jesus paid fucking Christ. person. Um, um, no, I haven't seen this. Ed Harris is in it, though, too, huh? Oh, maybe I have. S- I definitely have seen this, actually. Yeah, they have to break into Alcatraz to get the stereos. Yeah. they. This one black and white, too? What the fuck? No, it's not. I don't know. I'll check that out. Anyways, I don't care. No, those are artsy behind-the-scene pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Artsy okay. The- okay, next movie. Oh, yeah, definitely. Number three. Um, this one, if th- this one should be number one, I don't mm-hmm. know why it's not, but Apocalypse Right Now, Apocalypse Now, in nineteen seventy nine. I didn't know it was that old of a movie. That's one I got to add to the list too. Fucking Martin Sheen, Marlon Brando, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Is this a comedy one? Robert Duvall. Is this a comedy? No, no. no. There, was, there was a parody that Martin Sheen did as well. No, really? Charlie, Sheen. Charlie Sheen. Oh yeah, uh, no. Periscope Down. Yeah, Charlie Sheen did a lot of war movies at one time, too, actually. Well, he did Full Metal Jacket. That's right. Oh, yeah. Which was great. Mm-hmm. Damn. He did a lot of good movies before he got all tiger-blooded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, if you haven't seen Apocalypse Now, you should definitely go watch it. That's a Vietnam I'm movie. I'm pretty sure too. everybody's seen it, but, yeah. <laughs> I've seen it. I thought you just wrote it down. I said I got to rewatch it. It's been oh. a while. I went to film school, bitch. I've seen Apocalypse now. <laughs> we watched the. We had a whole class on Francis Sorry, Ford Coppola. I didn't realize you guys watch good movies in film school. I thought you just watched trash that nobody watches. Trash that nobody watches. Mm-hmm. Just black and white movies that who gives the fuck? Like fucking Casablanca. Or, yeah, who that's gives not, a no, shit? That, those are fucking good movies. I mean, the only one though is the. Uh, the Count of Monte Cristo. No, I, I don't remember that one. <laughs> okay. Well, why are you arguing with me? You know you watch trash ass movies. Yeah, I, I saw school. some movies that weren't good, but a lot of those classics are really good. And then good. that weren't good whatsoever, and then people talked about them like they were the greatest fuck. Oh my God, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it so much. Such a good film. That, see, that's the thing. You can talk about any movie, but if you call it a film. Ooh, you sound fancy. Yeah, I don't know. Um, there was a couple movies that I don't care for just because they were black and white. We should do that list sometime. Um, like top ten worst art or film school movies that you're forced to watch. From from film school? Yeah. I mean, if there's there's probably an individual list like that. I guarantee you, there's a list. All right, let's go to number two. Fucking um, Airwolf. Brown and brown. Is that what the theme song is for Airwolf? Yep. Airwolf. It's a werewolf catching some air. He's got a snowboard and he doesn't care because it's Airwolf and he's fucking red. He'll bite you and then he'll do a (laughs) kickflip. A kickflip with a helicopter? Yeah, dude. Pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. As a part of a deal with intelligence agency, intelli- intelligence agency, thank you, to look for his missing brother, a renegade pilot, goes Who's on He's also a werewolf. No, he's not a werewolf. With an advanced battle helicopter. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. This guy looks like he's... A douche? I yeah, agree. he definitely looks like he's a douche. And the guy above him is wearing glasses, but one of the glasses is blacked out. Yeah, like an eye patch. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, sure. Um, 6.7. Yeah, it's a TV show. Let's see. Number one, better be good. Blue Thunder. Blue Thunder. I, I have no fucking clue. You don't remember Blue Thunder's theme song? Yeah, what, why don't you give it to me? Because it's Blue Thunder and Thunder's usually white. 
Usually <laughs> white. So it's special and it sticks out more because it's blue thunder, baby. <laughs> I don't think thunder has a color. <laughs> Thunder oh, okay. is a sound. Never mind. <laughs> we were thinking about lightning, but let's get back to Blue Thunder and the show starts. <laughs> a Wait a minute. It's a movie, not a show. <laughs> it's definitely a movie. The co- a cop test pilot for an experimental police helicopter learns sinister implications of the new vehicle. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'll put it on the list, but if this does, if this is better than Apocalypse Now... I imagine it's has some kind of AI, and uh, it learns, <laughs> and it learns humans are the worst thing that ever happened to the planet, which is, it's not wrong. Yeah. So it decides it needs to destroy us in order to save us. Yeah. You know, that that old chestnut, I need to kill you so you I can save you. <laughs> um. Yeah. Because it's blue thunder and it's a fucking helicopter and it's got a brain and it thinks for itself and it also hates humans and it don't give a shit. It's going to kill us and save the whole fucking race at the same time. So let's talk about our sponsors. It's 1983 <laughs> and it's 109 minutes long. Why don't you give, why don't you give a official a theme song? Because mm, it's official and these clothes are shit, but it's good quality and the guy who owns it's nice. <laughs> the clothes is good. Uh, actually, I've been rocking it three yeah, days it's straight. Good clothes. Yeah, I just can't give a 100% compliment for anything. <laughs> I have to throw something in there. Um, yeah, official clothing. If you want to look good during your quarantine stuff, but you also want to be in nice, silky, smooth clothing, mm-hmm. you know, just that quarantine comfort clothes, mm-hmm. why don't you march your ass over to official.com? Official. That's O-H-F-I-S-H-L.com. If you want the uh, the official Fat Man Jumpman bandana, we should be dropping soon, any fucking day. Like, I've been waiting. I've been waiting on that. Yeah. <laughs> I also want it to be baby blue, Kaz. Because, uh, like I said in the Facebook Live, I want to look like Mellow. And he had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> but back in, what, 2005, Carmelo Anthony would rock the baby blue fucking Denver Nuggets color. Oh, headband. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had one because I re- really got into basketball. Yeah. <laughs> Like when LeBron James and him came in the league. So you just wear it, like not playing basketball, you just wear it in your regular day life? Yeah. Yeah. And also while I was playing basketball. So you would get back into that if once he makes you your fat man jump. Yeah, like, fat man jump man. Fat man jump man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, so keep an eye on that. Yeah, keep an eye on that. Maybe that'll be available on the site. You know what? Fucking shit together. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, for those, if you, Kaz, if you do that, for every single one of those you sell, we'll buy another one. Mm-hmm. That's it. See, we'll buy 50% of pretty much all you have. Yeah. Because I, I know people are not buying that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead to official.com. Uh, use promo code Hollywood at checkout. Get 25% off your first purchase. They got some pretty good shit. It's good fucking quality. Live by your own rules. I think that's all the... Uh, the slogans that he has over there. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, I believe one of the slogans is "It sops up cum real good." I, think. I, I, I didn't see that one, but okay. Oh uh, no, that's just something I came up with. Uh, I've been pitching, you know. 
our top 10 has also been brought to you by another sponsor. All these sponsorships are free just because we're good people and I have been too, way too lazy to actually go through and and I, I just got a notification from, uh, was it Podcorn or whatever, that was like, oh, there's about 30 new things you can apply for. And I was like, uh, I ain't got time for that shit right now. Ain't nobody got time. No, realistically, we're about $100 away from buying a whole new mixer board, but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. But in the it's meantime... one ad. Like you it's could, like two ads. <laughs> take some time, dog. Yeah. Well, you're not applying for any of these either. I can't it's even fucking log in. <laughs> yeah. Um, but with that, the, our top 10 has been brought to you by Wildflyer... Wildflyer. I'm already butchering it. Wildfly, Wildflower Child Art. Mm. That's right. Some pretty good fucking art. Um, you like coasters? Do you no. read? You like bookmarks? Uh-uh. No. What Do else you, you got? You like smoking? Yes. Oh well, there's ashtrays. Oh, is there? Yeah, with with flowers in it, embedded in it. She also puts like little glittery pot leaves in some of them too. Ooh, they're pretty cool designs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So she's making all those. She's making cool little ornaments. She's making a whole bunch of new shit that's coming out. Yeah. There's something so new going by the day. There's also <laughs> like little California and different state. Mikey's uh, talking over me because he doesn't want me to say. Yeah, because you're gonna say. fucking trash talk her. <laughs> like you always do. Um, if you if like, you're a freshman in college. And you want people to think you're cool, but you're not. Order this. Or if you're just hipster. I mean, hipsters would love this shit. Yeah. Yeah. You can go to the order that shit. They got some really cool art. Just go to Etsy.com slash shop slash wildflower child art. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see. Just, slash. No, that's it. <laughs> and you're going to see a whole bunch of. Really, really cool artwork. I guarantee you're going to walk away buying something. We don't have a promo code because I went yeah. up to her yesterday and I was like, hey. You should make a promo code for 10% off for us. And she's like, well, fuck that. Mm-hmm. So That's my profit margin. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, well, that's not even because I was like, oh, have you made back anything that you've bought yet? She's like, nope. <laughs> so she's selling shit way too cheap over there. Yeah, Mikey's fucking going to end up in the poorhouse. <laughs> yeah, so go buy it so at least we can... At l- come close to breaking even mm-hmm. you know um but it's as also per usual up. jackie's having a blast wasting mikey's money <laughs> no. nobody's making money now except for you guys because we haven't even got our unemployment check but you've been going through just buying oh i'm sorry i'm sorry who's been getting paid for not doing anything and getting paid right months? now i'll tell you that oh much. two days of not getting paid that's right um we're part of uh he's already got a fucking noose around his neck it's been a week thank you very much <laughs> uh you we're part of a, a network Oh, are we? Yeah. They're called the boys over at the inner circle with a couple girls. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not what they're called, but it's called the inner circle. How are those network. couple girls looking? Oh, uh, good. Are I they mean, single girls? Or? Yeah. Ha- happy Mother's Day to both the girls, actually. Oh. Dutchies. <laughs> so they're not single. Um, just a couple taken girls. No. And I just fucking dated myself. I mean, not Happy Mother's Day because that was like three weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, shout out to them. Shout out to Dutch and Christina. Um, they're pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they seem cool. They're the only girls. We need to get really some single. We need to get some strange on this. No. Well, Jackie. Oh, yeah. Jackie. Shout out to her, too. She's on the podcast nah, for a while. I don't agree We need with a girl show. Nick, can you cut that shout out out? We need to get a fucking girl show on in, in the... Yeah. Network. We need to find a girl show, a good girl we show. We need some single ladies on this station. Yeah, okay. Enough with the married women. Because I'm sure you're the one that they would come straight after. Yeah. Go to innercirclepn.com, and you're going to just find a whole bunch of good shows. If you like this show, you'll probably like the Simmons and Moore podcast. Those guys are pretty funny. I don't. I haven't heard from Bobby in a while. Bobby? 
yeah, Bobby Moore has not showed up in the chat or like hung oh. out around. Like, Bobby, where are you at? I miss you, man. You should mm-hmm. like, you know, make an appearance, cry out, you know, shout out a little bit. Just hit me up. Just say hey. Call mm. into the podcast. We want to hear from you. Did he catch the COVID? Did he catch I it? I mean, I think he thinks he caught the COVID for a little while, then recovered, and maybe he recaught it again. But yeah, um, go listen to Simmons and more podcasts. Uh, Adam Simmons is pretty cool too, but I hear from him all the time, Bobby. I want to hear from yeah, you. Yeah, we're sick of Simmons, dude. We need more more. We need more more. <laughs> more more. Yeah, bring it in. Um, there's also shows like The Hood Diner with Homie Casual. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's doing pretty good over there. Official clothing. Yeah, with official clothing. We also have the hashtag No Offense Show. That's with uh, Mrs. Dutches that we just mentioned and Chris Wetzke. They're over there in Florida in their brand new house with a pool, swimming naked, all all happily dappily. Mm-hmm. Yep. They Join got kids, shit. though? They do. Yeah. They should probably put some clothes on there. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. We also have shit happens when you party naked. Party mm. naked. Winner of the 2020 worst intro music award. Yeah. Shit happens when you party naked. We should have him on the show soon. He'd be a yeah. good guest to call Great it. podcast. Yeah, great podcast. We haven't had him the on. O- the only reason I say that is because that's the only shit I can talk is because I do enjoy the podcast, but goddamn that intro. <laughs> We also have the plunge, my brother over at the plunge, and they are. Sta- I can talk plenty of shit about the yeah. plunge. <laughs> they just celebrated their hundredth episode, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. They. Just- How did we catch it? How were we at fifty, and they were only at a hundred? Um, because they we they were at fifty when we were at one. Oh, really? Pretty much. I thought they were a little further ahead of us. They may have been a little bit. They've taken a week off here and there, not too much time off. We've not missed a fucking week since we mm-hmm. started. No. We've just, it's we're over consistent. here at Phelan Hollywood providing you content mm-hmm. every week. You ain't going to miss with us except when the time you probably are. And they have no excuse. We work more than they do. If, if we can go 100 episodes without missing one week, that'll be pretty impressive. Yeah. I won't say that we will because we probably won't, but we'll, we'll keep on going and we're still going to do that, uh, do the 100 episode charity thing we haven't figured out what we might do the 24 hour charity thing and try to get a bunch of celebrities to call in but we'll see we got a lot of time we got a year to that but um if you like all those shows we all do inner circle exclusive shows we have shows like slimmer circle Mm -hmm. we have shows like the winter circle yeah i don't i don't really like the people who host that one though yeah okay we have shows like creatures of the night Mm. And we have random ass little other shows that come out. We might be coming out or with our own very our own show on the side, it's coming out soon. Yeah, a little side piece. Yeah, a little side piece. Not the award show because there's no award shows happening right now, and all mm-hmm. these award shows keep getting pushed back. So we'll mm-hmm. see if we can do any of that shit. Um, Nick, wake up. Is that everything? <laughs> Nick fell asleep. Um, I don't know. Let's an hour thirty. We still got time. Yeah. Let's uh. Yeah, you know. Let's discuss politics. This has been failing Hollywood. Oh, we're not okay. Check us out next time.